This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Welcome in to the program, ESPN, Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We are live, as always, from the Ingalls studio. And the first hour of the program is brought to you by Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. I always love it when we start off a program and immediately Jeremy gets those big googly eyes. Like, I can't believe what I just saw. Nah, it, you don't want to know. <laughs> I know what you're going to start this with. Uh huh. Because you fell for the trap of Oklahoma and Texas want to be in the SEC. It's a a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap because it doesn't make any sense. That was a Star Wars reference that you didn't pick up on. No. Uh, (laughs) Admiral Akbar. You you know nothing about that. Admiral what? Akbar. That was his name. Uh huh. He's a big fish looking dude. Yeah. Anyhow. And you wonder why I don't watch those things. You're trying to sell me on a guy who you described as, and I quote, a big fish looking dude. Yeah, he is a big fish looking dude. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh yeah, we we've got a lot to talk about today in the uh in, in the world of money will destroy college sports. Oh, it's in the process. Uh-huh. Oh, I mean, we're it's not gonna happen. You're literally watching it happen before your eyes. Mm-hmm. And all I can say, I tried to tell you. You did. You did. You tried to tell us. But here, here's the thing. I'm here for the realignment, however it happens. Because a realignment is coming in college sports. We know this definitively because Mark Emmert has already said we need to declassify. And as soon as the NCAA said, hey, let's declassify. Oh, what? It took a week for the story to come out that Texas and Oklahoma are already looking to jump ship from the Big 12 and apparently have been in some kind of backdoor discussions with the SEC to try to, you know, create what is already the best division in college football, the best conference in college football. If they added Oklahoma and Texas, I mean, you could just write it off for everybody else. There will be no other school, no other conference will ever win a national championship. Well, here's the... the <laughs> Which problem would you like me to unpack first? Because the first one is there's no way that you would have less than three teams go, no, uh-uh. Because mm-hmm. Missouri and Texas A&M left the Big 12 to get away from Texas. Yes. So you got two right there. Texas A&M, one of their big things was that they they wanted to come into the SEC because there was no other school in their state in that conference. Now, they have uh, the AD of Texas A&M has already come out and said that we are going to fight this. We're going to try to protect Texas A&M as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you need you need to convince some other schools to come on board with your uh no to Texas and Oklahoma idea. And there was where I was headed next because I want you to think about what I'm getting ready to say. You already have a coalition in the SEC that's it's a little wink wink nudge nudge. We just you vote with us, we'll vote with you. Yeah. And it's Georgia, mm-hmm. Florida, South Carolina, and Kentucky. Okay, They have already banded together, and any school that's in these states, we're going to vote it down. Okay. 
You don't think you can get one of those to align with Texas A&M? Really? You because, might. Because here's the problem. If you get to 16 teams, the vote to keep a team out goes to five. So now you need now the four of us, we're not good enough. Mm-hmm. We need a partner. Mm-hmm. Well, guess who sounds like a really dapper partner? Texas A&M. The, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where this goes. I read this and went, why would you do that? I can't wrap my brain around why the SEC would want to do that. Because Texas is a nightmare. I don't care if that's your team. If it's your team, more power to you. You can do puppy fingers all you want to. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. They are a disaster to deal with because they have all the power. Mm-hmm. They make more money than any program in college in all of college athletics. Yes. And they throw that weight around on the regular on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. That's why Texas A&M and Missouri left. They got tired of it. That's why the Big 12 has kind of crumbled and you had to go get West Virginia and and bring these just to keep the and TCU just to keep the conference afloat. I, on the other hand, think, I don't disagree with you that a realignment is coming. Yes. Because currently you have the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. We talked about this this morning in the Sportsocracy Live on YouTube, Facebook Live. 10 a.m. Find us on all the social medias at the Sportsocracy. What would happen to the ACC with no Clemson and no Florida State? Oh, it would be worthless. It, it would be the the whack or the Mountain West. Mountain or, West. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, you've got North Carolina, you got NC State. Woo! Do you know where they rank among revenue-generating programs? In football? No, just period. Just period? One of the great misnomers is that North Carolina is up there with the big boys. Mm-hmm. No, they are not. They make a ton of money off basketball, way more than anybody else. In terms of the athletic program, they're 36th. That's from USA Today. Most yeah. recent revenue-generating sport column that's been put out. Mm-hmm. They're closer to, oh, I don't know. I mean, first of all, Clemson doesn't make as much as you think they do either. No, they don't. Number one revenue generator in, in the ACC is Florida State, and it's Florida State by a lot. Yeah. Do you know who two is? It's. I feel like two would throw you off. It's not Clemson? No. Oh, this is all sports. This is all sports. All sports. Athletic programs that make the most money. Louisville? That is the one. Yeah. That is the one. They make a whole bunch of money off of basketball. They do. Mm-hmm. They make money off football, though, too. No, I know they, they do. Have, but, but, but that's what I'm that, saying. That's what, that's what would vault them up those rankings. Louisville is the program that nobody talks about that has those big money donors that they just somehow never fall into that Oklahoma State, Oregon, Texas A&M mold for me. That's all that pizza But they're money. right there. It's all that pizza He's money. not the only one. <laughs> And KFC. Papa John's yeah. and KFC are yeah. big boosters. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with the realignment thing. You can keep trying to... We did this. Back in the mid-2000s, that's when you had all of the moving around. You've had Texas A&M and Missouri go to the SEC since. Mm-hmm. The problem with it now, there's not that many... How do I say this? There's not that many schools that are really attractive. Texas is not going into a conference where they're going to have to listen to Alabama, Florida, LSU. I'm just looking at ones that are in the top ten of Georgia. Georgia's way higher than you would have ever thought. They're not going to do that. Yeah. What I think is more likely is they try to reconcile the the, the big eight, Oklahoma, Nebraska, uh, who, who makes considerably more than you think they would. Uh-huh. 
Because that makes sense. Because then you have that big 12 footprint and you get rid of the West Virginias and the Iowa states and the ones that don't make any sense. And they don't make, they don't make as much money as the others do. Mm -hmm. That makes way more sense. The, the, the death nail on the Oklahoma, Texas thing, you'll never get the vote. You have two that I can tell you right now will vote you down, and I would bet my house on it. You need one more. Mm-hmm. And I think the fear that if you open this up, South Carolina is going to look at Clemson and go, uh-uh. No. We don't want this because the one allure of South Carolina right now is that we can recruit the state of South Carolina as we're the only one in the SEC. Yes. Kentucky's the same that. way. Georgia's the same way. They've tried to keep Georgia Tech out forever. Mm-hmm. Kentucky looks at Louisville and goes, we need you to stay right where you are. You stay over there as as one of the big fish in that pond. Right. And that's where this whole thing comes tumbling after. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not as convinced as you are that this isn't going to happen. Now, whether it's Texas and Oklahoma going into the SEC, I, I, I can't speak to that. What, what you're saying makes a whole lot of sense of why teams would be uh, against this. However, there is also that theory that you know, as you get big money programs involved like Texas and Oklahoma, it only rises the tide for everybody else in your conference. So well, I, you I, don't get every- I don't understand what you're saying there. So if Texas and Oklahoma were to come into the SEC, the mm-hmm. SEC would be worth markedly more money than they are right now. See, this is one of the places where I disagree with you. They would be worth more. Mm-hmm. You can only be worth so much. And the problem is that I think bringing in those two programs would water down the mid-tier down. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt's already borderline irrelevant. <laughs> right. Let's just be really honest. Right. It's a great school, one of the best medical schools in the country. In terms of athletic funding, if they could find a way to get rid of Vanderbilt and put somebody else there, they'd do it. According to the latest statistics available for the pre-pandemic fiscal year, it's fiscal year 2018, but it ended in 2019, um, the the fiscal calendar anyway, um, uh, in just football revenue, there is a difference between the number one school in the SEC and the last school in the SEC of $90 million in revenue. The number one team was Georgia in the SEC, bringing in $123 million on their football program. Vandy, in that same fiscal year, 337 you already have a conference where you have the haves and the have-nots. There's a huge drop-off. Uh, you got, let's see here, Georgia's the only one over $100 million, and then you go to $75 million as the next little group. In between $100 million and $75 million, you got Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Florida, and Arkansas. And then there's a big drop-off. For well, not that big of a drop off for South Carolina at sixty five million, and then you go Ole Miss, Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt. They all make between forty eight million and that thirty three point seven million. You already have a very top heavy organization when it comes to football revenues, and, and there's a side of this that we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. We're now to the name, image, and likeness time in, in college football. Yes. If you're not one of those that generate money, it's irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. Because as I told you was going to happen, guys like Nick Saban can come out and say, look, our quarterback that's thrown 23 passes ever is making a million dollars. He said that to one group of people. Mm-hmm. Recruits. 
and their families. That mm-hmm. all is one entity. No, no, no. He said it to the Texas High School Athletic Association coaches, and he didn't think there was any media there. Have you heard that? Yeah. And, and <laughs> if you believe that, I've you are the heard. most gullible <laughs> human I've ever met in my life. It's the biggest lie I've ever heard. You've got an association of thousands of coaches here. You didn't think there was one media person in the room uh, talking about Texas high school football? Yeah, dude. You yeah. knew. You knew exactly what you were doing. And he's smart for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't fault him for it. He's no. playing the game. Mm-hmm. The thing is now the game is, this is not like it was. So if you remember before we got to the power five times, there was a Big East that was pretty relevant too. Yeah, it was. Well, the Big East disintegrated. Mm-hmm. And you and I have a vehement disagreement of how this is going to go. You think the Big 12 is the one that's going to disappear. Yeah, I think the Big 12 is the one that will be dissolved if there is a realignment. What I have in my mind is eventually the schools will... So there's the declassification. Mark Emmert has already said, let's declassify college football, let the conferences take it over. Okay, well the conferences... The conferences have a lot of power. There's no doubt about that. And I think... Losing Texas and Oklahoma would mean the Big 12 would be the one that would dissolve. And then you'd have the Pac-12. See, I don't think it dissolves. Okay. Because there's one other little entity. that, And the funny thing is that it's several schools that came from the Big East. Mm -hmm. That's the one that's going to get carved up. The AAC is going to get carved up like a Thanksgiving turkey and just sent wherever it goes. Because Houston winds up in the Big 12. Yes. And all of those things. There's one major conference that doesn't have that. The Big Ten could even wind up with some of these schools because they're in that footprint as well. Mm -hmm. The Pac-12 is the definition of, we're just sitting out here on an island all by our (laughs) lonesome, hoping somebody wants to come play with us. Mm -hmm. Those figures that I threw out of the the last fiscal year that information was available on football revenues, uh, would you like to take a guess at who the top earner in football revenue in the Pac-12 is? I feel like you're baiting me into saying Washington. Or not Washington, Oregon. No, you were right. It Washington, was Washington. Washington's who I thought it was. Washington's number one. I felt like you were baiting me into saying Oregon. No, because I thought... Washington makes more money than you think they I, do. I thought for sure, if you ask the normal person that, their two guesses are going to be Oregon, obviously with the Nike money, and then USC because of the heritage money that but is But now you've got to remember that the when you're going into revenue and things like this, Booster money does not necessarily count to this mm-hmm. because if it's put in an endowment, then it's not. There's not how that goes, right? And if it's used to build up the stadiums and things like that, right? Washington has a ginormous stadium. I mean, they play in the Seahawks stadium mm-hmm. a decent amount in revenue. They brought in twelve million more dollars mm-hmm. for that football so the twenty eighteen football season than Oregon did, and without. And I don't have the numbers directly in front of me. I, I took some notes. I didn't know you were going to take this hard turn. Yeah. Let me guess. There's not a West Coast team that's in the top 25. Mm, no, Washington is. And Oregon is. Barely. But other than that. Let me guess. They're in the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have one in the top 20. You probably got seven in the SEC. You got two or three in the ACC. The Big 12 has four. Is Somewhere that, in is there. that about right? Um, and then the Big Ten, the Big Twelve's got Texas, Oklahoma. No, then the, that those would be the only ones like in the top twenty-five. Oklahoma State shocks me that they're not in that as well. Oklahoma State is fourth in the Big Twelve in revenue. Behind Kansas, 
No, behind uh, TCU. See that, and, and what you just is, said. Kansas is one of the lowest earners in football revenue, obviously, because their football program's horrible. Oh, well, I, I just at this point realized you were talking about football. Yeah, this is just football revenue. numbers. This is not total budget. Yeah, I know the program at Kansas makes more money than you think they do. In yeah. spite of the fact that they're good at one sport. <laughs> right. Anybody that says basketball doesn't make money, just understand. There are several schools that are that, that have been historically bad in football that mm-hmm. are still in the top 30 or 40. Mm-hmm. Because UConn. UConn's the only sport where men's and women's basketball pay the freight on everything else. Right. The football program is one of like five that's lost money over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. But my point is that the Oklahoma-Texas thing to the SEC, I'm not saying they don't want to do that. I'm not saying it hadn't been discussed. I'm saying the logistics of that are a nightmare. And there's no shot you get the support for that. But now my question would be, I do agree with you that there is a shift coming. Yes. And my question would be, what is that shift? Exactly. And I have a thought. I'll tell you what it is after the break. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. Your football world is getting ready to come crashing down if you're the fan of certain teams in the NCAA. Because, let's face it, there are the haves and the have-nots already in college football. And this realignment that is going to come from the decentralization of college football, uh, it's, it's going to leave some teams and some schools standing on the curb wondering what just happened. What bus just came through and took us out? There was, there's this report going around that Texas and Oklahoma want to split away from the Big 12 and that there have been some discussions about both of those schools joining the SEC. Now, the SEC is pushing back on this, Greg Sankey, saying that, that we're not commenting on rumors and everything, but we know this started from somewhere. I have a feeling that there is some truth rooted in all of this. Who do you think leaked it? I have my own belief. I want to hear what yours is. Why do you think this came out right now? I think it came from Texas. Texas Longhorns. I, I think one of the maybe one of the members of the media. Well, that's in well, Texas. that's certainly where it came from. Mm-hmm. It came from a beat writer. The question is, why did that beat writer know it? Oh, okay. Because I think it's Texas A and M. You think it's Texas Texas A and M? Well, the beat writer that that leaked this story is mm-hmm. a Texas A and M beat writer. Oh, that's right. So yeah, I firmly believe Texas A and M went. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, hold you up. You want to do what now? Hold I, up. Do, I do not believe we are going <laughs> to allow you to do that. Uh, but the idea behind all of this is that, look, I think a shift is coming. And I think Texas and Oklahoma are just the ones at the forefront that we're seeing. Yeah, teams are for sale right now. It's a free agent period. And that's why I believe that if there is a realignment, there's not going to be power five there's not going to be a power five there's going to probably be four super conferences and see i don't think that happens because the logistics don't work out 
Okay. Because you have to do something with those with those West Coast teams. Mm-hmm. They have to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I think s- they stay. I think they stay in their own conference. I do, and I think they're. Uh, I do too, and I think their media deal is going to be terrible. Yeah. And I think a lot of these teams are going to look at each other and go, "How can we survive?" And my belief is that the Texas that Texas footprint is going to bind together, minus Texas A and M. They're not coming back. They got their feelings hurt, and they're not coming back. Mm-hmm. So they're with the SEC. The SEC has uh, of uh, they don't, there's 14 programs in the SEC. Vanderbilt's private, so they do not have to put out exactly how much their program made. Mm-hmm. Of the 13 teams in the SEC that do put the numbers out, do you know who the lowest in terms of total revenue is? Ole Miss. It's Missouri, and they're 37. The 13 teams of the SEC, there's only 24 teams not in the SEC that are in the 37. (laughs) Okay. So how do you you wrap your head around that? Well, joining them is not going to work. Because Texas will lose their influence. Now you're having to, if you think you split that Texas uh, recruiting footprint now, let those two teams join and see what happens. Right. So to me, it makes way more sense that Texas and Oklahoma, they get shot down going to the SEC. Maybe that's what you wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Not going to happen. But then you look at the TCUs, the Houstons out of the AAC, and you just say, you know what? We got enough money here. We can bind together. I did the math. They could have a if they did a twelve team conference, they could have eleven of the top forty five. Oh wow! In a Texas based Nebraska, Oklahoma, Colorado would be involved in that, mm-hmm. stealing them from the Pac twelve, mm-hmm. and the Pac twelve would replace them with the I don't know what to Boise call them. State, Boise the Boise states of the world. Yeah, the mid majors in that footprint: Nevada, Colorado State. Colorado uh, State's got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Those were all in my mind. Mm-hmm. And you just try to survive. Now, what that does kills off all the smaller conferences. Now, yeah. none of you matter. I mean, that was going to happen anyway. With the name, image, and likeness thing, that was probably going to happen anyway. And that was my argument to that from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And it's taken, what, a month? Yep. Oh, we did this in a month. Yeah. But, the, I mean, the realignment's coming. There's no doubt this is not just radio speak. This is, mm-hmm. this is happening. Mm-hmm. When Texas and Oklahoma are talking about this, of which just I, I have to say this for formality's sake, they could not get out of the Big 12 for four years. This would take four years to do regardless. Yes. But four years from now, they are 100% free agents. Mm-hmm. There is no option. There's no buyback. There's no any of that. They can do whatever they want to do. And I don't think there's any, there, I don't, I don't think there's any going back now. Once this has been out there that you're ready to jump ship, I don't know how you, I don't know how you square that. Well, go, I think oh, there's, well, no, you know, we got turned down, but the Big 12, yeah, go Big 12. Well, no, the thing you have to remember is that this is not the first time we've done this. Mm-hmm. We have done this before, and teams got left out in the cold. Houston is one of those teams that got left out in the cold last time. Mm-hmm. That's how they wound up in the AAC. Cincinnati is a program that could wind up in the Big Ten. Memphis could end up in the ACC. Yes. These are all revenue-generating schools. Central Florida, they could end up in the ACC. Mm-hmm. But then you look at look at what could be added to this Texas footprint. Because just understand, you got SMU and Houston, and they're is a ton of money behind those two programs. Yeah. That's how I see this going. It's the only way it makes any sense. Okay. Then you get the Big Ten that tries to, they bring in Boston College and Syracuse and Pittsburgh to unify <laughs> the Northeast. 
it very well could happen. There could be some, there could be some shifting. I could see a path where, oh, I don't know, like uh, Tennessee ends up in the ACC if they get left out by the SEC and they don't want to compete in a conference that has, you know, six of the last. 20 uh, national champions with Texas and Oklahoma. and I, I could see a path for that. But just trying to look at it from 30,000-foot perspective, I went through and tried to figure out what these four power conferences would look like. So in the SEC, let's say they add, let's say they add Texas and Oklahoma. That would bring them to 16. I don't think 16 is enough, though. If you were going to go the the path I'm going down, you need 18 team conferences. You would have four conferences. Well, if you go over, teams if you add teams to the SEC, the and I can already see where you're headed with this. Mm-hmm. There will not be two divisions. There will be four. If mm-hmm. you go that big, you can't do the, the scheduling logistics are a nightmare. So it will it will not work with. I know where you're headed. Uh huh. It won't work that way because there would never be crossover. It it won't work that way. It would have to be sixteen with four four team divisions. Yeah, and I didn't really think about that until I heard Clay Travis say it. Mm-hmm. Then I went, "Oh, yeah, that's." <laughs> I see what you're doing there because that right. makes scheduling a breeze. Sixteen makes a whole lot of sense. However, if you're going to make sixteen team super conferences, you also have to think about how many how many teams could get left out of that. It's a lot. And I have a theory on what happens to those teams. Yeah, we'll talk about it coming up next right here on ESPN Asheville. First, let's get just a bit outside. The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. I don't think I've ever seen a professional athlete make his debut in a sport and then quit a month later. That's essentially what we have in Major League Baseball right now. Last night on Instagram, um, White Sox uh, standout player, your mean Mercedes. Well, he was a standout in the first like three weeks of the season. True. Since then, True. it has not quite it's, gone so well. Slim. Yeah, but I mean, the, the guy had no doubt the hottest start you've probably ever seen to a Major League Baseball career. He started out the season going eight for eight. Um, and it was, you know, the longest hit streak for somebody making their major league debut since 1900, according to the Elias Sports Bureau. He's 28 years old. He, you know, bounced around the minor leagues for 10 years. He finally comes in, gets, makes his major league debut, goes eight for eight, and then things kind of dropped off. I mean, in the month of April, he hit 415 with five home runs, 16 RBIs, playing 22 games. It's a pretty darn good start to a career. Last night on Instagram, he posted it's over, saying that he apologizes to everybody. I'm not sure what uh, he threw in a reference about being, um, I guess, rude to the media. I haven't seen any explanation of what that was all about, but apparently he feels like he slighted some beat writers or something. Uh, And now he's... He's calling it quits. He says uh, after bouncing around the minors for ten years and having a great hot start into the into the major league baseball season this year, your main Mercedes calling it quits. I'm kind of shocked by that. There's somebody I wish would call it quits. Baker Mayfield. Well, 
Okay, there are a few people I'd like to see talk with. <laughs> I was going to say, we could play this game all day. Logan Paul is the one I'm referring to. Oh, yeah, he's doing another fight. Logan he? Paul is in negotiations for another fight. And guess what? This one's going to be a boxing match with another guy that's not a boxer. Oh, no. Anderson Silva. Please don't do this. Please. I don't ask much in this life. Just please don't do this because I love Anderson Silva. Uh-huh. I do. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Just Can you not just leave anything sacred, please? I mean, you keep putting on these stupid fights. That, mm-hmm. And the only, the only rational thing to me is that somebody has to be watching them. I do not know who these people are. I do not know who looks at life and goes, hey, you know what I want to do on Sunday? I want to watch Anderson Silva fight Logan Paul. Yeah, I, I wa- don't know who that person is. I want to spend $80 to watch a YouTube star fight an MMA fighter. Stop it! <laughs> and now you're doing it with one of my favorite fighters of all time. Well, well I mean, this is probably the fight he's going to make the most money on in his career. And the bad thing is that Anderson Silva, just he just did this. He, he had a pro boxing match just a few weeks ago. Okay. And it was against uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Mm-hmm. And he won. I remember that, yeah. And now, now it's like, a, this is like two ships passing in the night. No! <laughs> Neither one of you is a boxer. But maybe he wants to be. And Anderson Silva is like old enough to be my dad. Like, and please just stop. Anderson Silva, Tyron Woodley, both those guys have have said that they want to start a boxing career. Anderson Silva is not going to be starting anything. He's 46 years old. He's two years older than your quarterback. Yeah. Just, just can you... It's amazing the things that can happen when you're in incredible shape. Just, okay. <laughs> okay. Can we, just, can we not? Can we just not do this? Can every time I click the MMA link on ESPN.com, can I not see the, the name Ryan? Please. If, uh, Ryan. Or Paul. Paul. Sorry. I, okay. I, Logan Ryan got Paul my head. Ryan? What? Is he know. boxing I, now? I got Logan Ryan, the safety that's <laughs> in my head. I don't know why. Right. I'm, I'm flustered. Okay. Yeah. They're going to, uh, I, I, I keep trying to tell you, they're going to continue to do this because the money is all, the money is still there. Which is weird because the pay per view buys have been awful. Yeah, but it's, I mean, I guess, I guess it's all the marketing that, that you can do. And I, well, I mean, it's not like it's not like Logan Paul needs a whole lot of money because his day job is, you know, existing. Yeah. That's his job. Under occupation, Logan Paul puts, I exist online, mm-hmm. period. I have scoured the interwebs trying to figure out why did you become famous? What did you do <laughs> you to become famous? You still can't figure it out? He's not funny. He's, I, I, he's not, trust me, he ain't all that smart either. It's not like he's a rocket surgeon that was giving out life advice. No. This is a dude who had a cell phone and went, hey, you know what I can do? I could record myself doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, people watch it. I will never understand the world we live in ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Realignment is coming up in uh, in college sports. We know this with the name, image, and likeness stuff. Um, and Mark Emmert saying decentralized college football I think it just opens the door, and now we've got this story about Texas and Oklahoma wanting to jump into the SEC. So I went through, and I tried to figure out what a realignment would look like. Now, I didn't go all deep-divey into this and having you know schools flipping conferences and all of that. I expect some of that to happen. 
That was yeah, just I can way more legwork than I was willing to do. Uh, <laughs> I can name you a few off the top of my head. Of teams that would mm-hmm. get out? Well, yeah, the, Vanderbilt the, would probably be one the of them. Bottom side, well, they might not have a choice. The bottom side of the ACC. That's what I'm looking at going. Somebody's going to look at you and go, hey, you know that money you have? Could we have some of that? Yeah. That'd be awful cool. You could just bring that money with you. <laughs> so, say Texas and Oklahoma do end up going to the SEC. The SEC could also expand and add two more teams. Uh, Houston and Memphis. Not going to happen. Why not? I'll tell you straight up, that's not going to happen. Why not? The SEC would never add those two teams, first of all. Ever. They would go pill for the ACC before they did that. Memphis and Memphis and Houston are destined to end up most likely in the Big 12 or, or whatever combination that is. Yeah, yeah. Memphis could end up in the ACC, but Houston's going to end up wherever Texas and Oklahoma are. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be the SEC. The SEC goes big game hunting. I mean, really be honest with yourself. Name oh, yeah. every school you've ever heard that was talked about with the SEC. Uh, Florida State, yeah, they're 12. Yeah. Clemson, 22. In terms of revenue in across all sports, they're not going to go down to Memphis. Would you like to take a stab at where they're at? It's 60. 60? Yeah. You, you think Vanderbilt's an outlier? Right. Memphis would make them look like a Tonka toy. Well, and see, the way that I went through this was I went through and I picked all the top schools in revenue, all the top schools in football revenue, and then I went with the, the schools that have the most money after that. Mm-hmm. And you get to you get to Houston and Memphis and even East Carolina's on that list. East Carolina's of, ahead of Memphis. Yeah. That's another team I don't know that I've team. always thought was destined to be in the ACC. And they very well could be. In the expansion. They very well could be. Um the Big Ten would pick up uh, this is dissolving the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve just dissolves. Without Texas and Oklahoma, they they're gone. Not gonna happen. Even without Texas and Oklahoma, it still mm-hmm. wouldn't happen. Because guess what? That's still a more profitable conference than the Pac-12. With Oklahoma State and Texas Tech and TCU, no, they would just retool. But but I think all of that still has to include, I mean, you have to include that half of the country. And the Pac-12 is the only conference out there. The one way that I could see a merger between the Pac-12 and the Big, the the one thing I will say is that what, what I have been told by people that you know, this was this, this has not really been a topic, but for the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. But people that have talked about what's going to happen down the line, when I've talked to them, it's been universally. You know what we learned uh, during the pandemic times, and then there were a lot of them. But one of the consistent was having schools that are on opposite ends of the country in the same conference is stupid. Yes, because West Virginia last year was a nightmare for the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. And West Virginia, I believe, is a team that would wind up in the ACC. Maybe they're big. That's Big Ten country to me. Big Ten picks up Oklahoma State, Iowa State, so they can pair now with Iowa, Kansas State, Cincinnati. Those make regional sense to me. Oklahoma State doesn't. Oklahoma. I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, it would make more sense here. for Oklahoma State to join the Big Ten than it would be to the Pac-12. I'm going to be honest opinion. with you. It makes more sense for Oklahoma State to end up in the SEC than it does anything we've said so far. Okay. Because Oklahoma State is that little brother mm-hmm. that has become reasonably successful, but got a lot of money. Just a ton of money. That In my little reforming, mm-hmm. the Oklahoma State ends up in the SEC. The, the Pac-12 would pick up the Texas teams and Boise State. I, just, I, I don't think you're going to commit to that kind of travel. 
See, what's one of the things that's funny I mean, to me? West Virginia already does it. So, well, West Virginia. I'm, I'm telling you right now, as somebody that uh, I know it pretty well, mm-hmm. they will not remain in the Big Twelve if there is any form of moving around, whether it's their choice or the conference's choice. You draw your own conclusion. Right. They won't remain there. Right. Uh, the ACC, because in the in a realignment, you're going to have to be a part of a conference. So the ACC hits a home run getting Notre Dame. To that join is the conference one thing I will term. say is I do, I do I do look for Notre Dame to be mm-hmm. in the ACC. Well, and at that point, they become the program. They become the money program in the ACC. Because they they become the biggest money program in the ACC. Right. That's what I'm saying. Because they make heads and head, shoulders, knees, and toes above what Florida State makes. On football, anyway. I was about to say. Right. You're forgetting a very big part of this. Well, we all know football drives the number. And so, that that's my point. Notre Dame, West Virginia, UCF into the ACC. And I think Kansas would end up in that as well. Well, there's one great big problem with all of these, you know, hypothetical mm-hmm. hypotheses. These Central Florida, you're going to get just cannibalized in one of these conferences. I mean, you have no shot. So I, I guess that would be. I mean, my- you could. You're. In, I, I mean, I don't know. Would they be one of the worst teams in that division? They'd be one of the worst sure. in college football. You now you're so? talking about being two and ten every year forever, <laughs> forever. Because you can't compete. One of the reasons that Central Florida you got, you got a lot of money down there in the Orlando area. Not even close to the teams you're talking about. I mean, I have it pulled up in front of me. Central mm-hmm. Florida is about it's about seventy million dollars mm-hmm. that that program makes. That's not less expenses. They probably make about it's probably about thirty million in revenue a year. Let me compare that to the other school in Florida. They make $155 million. That's the other Florida State. But is that not, could that not be part of the fact that they are part of a big conference and they have all of that? See, the UCF gets to have its moment in the sun by joining the big conference. No, because you've got traditions. You've got a tradition at Miami. That there's a legacy there. There's something to being at the U. There's something to, be at Florida, to being at Florida State. This is the argument I've made against this the whole time is that. Yes, this will benefit the top 30. Yeah. That's about how many schools, that, and thir- it, it's, a, it's a stretch to get to 30. You get very Nebraska, Washington, Indiana in the top 30. Yes. But other than that, you don't have a prayer. I mean, you're talking about just 30 spots down the ranking. You're drawing $125 million less than these other programs. Mm-hmm. Where do you think it's coming from? And these recruits and these high-level guys, they know this. They look at it and go, I could go to, I'm just going to pick a random school. I could go to Penn State, who's very, very high on this list. Mm-hmm. I could be the fourth quarterback and probably make two or $300,000 before I ever take a snap. If I wind up as the starter, I'm going to be in seven figures. Because we've already gotten to that in weeks. Right. It did not take years. It took weeks. Right. And it's only going to keep accelerating. Or I could go to Central Florida and be the starter, and I might make $25,000. <laughs> but, I mean, is it not to say something that you would have the ability to no, showcase, I know your, what you're getting ready showcase to say. your game? No, because it doesn't matter. Bryce it doesn't Young, for the NFL, does it not? Uh, if you're going to try to play professional football, don't you need to show people that you can do it? 
rather than just sitting back and being like, yeah, I'll be the fourth-string quarterback. I'll make $200,000 a year in endorsement deals. But if deals. I ever get on the field. Mm-hmm. But if I ever get on the field. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can just tell you from... I can tell you what I would do. There's no doubt what I would do. You would go see I would it. believe in myself and say, I'm going to end up on the field at Penn State. I will make several million dollars before I ever step foot in the NFL. It's going to be comfortable... I don't want to make $25,000 when somebody that's doing the same job as me is making 250. But if you can make that same money being the starter, would you not do it? But you can't. That that's some sure unicorn live that's some unicorn universe that you You're live saying $200,000 for the fourth string quarterback at Penn State. You don't think the starter for UCF would get that in endorsement deals? No, I don't. I disagree. No, I don't. well, they're not. Because uh, I got news for you. When Nick Saban came out and said this, mm-hmm. somebody else would have jumped in if it was happening at their school. Mm-hmm. So just sit back and wait for the next few weeks. Because you're going to... The thing that's blowing my mind about this is how much transpa- transparency you're getting from these schools. You're going to know what these guys are making. Yes. Bryce Young, who has not taken, but I think it's 48 snaps. I looked earlier today. At Alabama is in seven figures. Mm-hmm. I can promise you. The quarterback at Memphis is not close to that. Not. Because I want you to think about these big cities. Houston, Memphis, anything, any school that's in a city like that. They have pro sports teams. Yes. They don't need you. The, the college athlete, they don't need you. And they're the ones that I'm the most scared of. Ones like Houston. Houston has so much money behind it that I don't think it'll get left behind. But you really think about it. If you're a, if you're a high-level sponsor in Houston, Texas... Who would you rather have representing you? Christian Wood, starting power forward of the Houston Rockets, or the starting quarterback at Houston? See, I don't think it's an either-or thing. You get them both. You get them all. because That's the- not the way the sponsorship dollars are working right now. Okay. If you think about it, all the ones that you've already heard, Central Florida, you know, I mean, their women's basketball team did nicely. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that – I'm not saying there won't be money. I'm saying that the more transparent transparency, I don't know, I keep wanting to say transparency for some reason. <laughs> the more transparency you have on this, the more you're going to see the discrepancy in it. Mm-hmm. And the more the the more the monetary discrepancy, the more the on the field discrepancy. And that has been my argument the entire time. Right. And it took 4 weeks. It did. For the two biggest quote unquote free agents in college football to go we're open, ready, and willing mm-hmm. to discuss whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to be what's being reported right now, in my opinion. Right. There would be a lot of Texas having to... Texas would lose a lot of sway. Because they're not going to go to the SEC and have the, the level of power they have now. No. The Big 12 goes as Texas tells them to go. Mm-hmm. And I just... One thing I've learned about power. People that have it don't, don't give it up easily. Yeah, yeah. And I just I can't see a path that that happens. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. We'll be right back. Pernicious. Adjective. Having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. Now, Wicked Weed's flagship IPA, winner of a silver medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships, isn't harmful unless you're a competing IPA. Brewed in the mountains of western North Carolina, Pernicious IPA will destroy your expectations for all others in its class. Pernicious IPA inspires you to enjoy fresh and often. Order up at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing, the official craft beer of Furman Athletics. Drink different, drink responsibly. You're in the sports tank. We treat star athletes better because they're better people. That's not fair. Life isn't fair, kiddo. Get used to it. 
Oh, it's not fair. But you know what is fair when you decide to make these decisions? You, you know, we've, we've talked all the time about uh, players having more power over what they're doing, the name, image, and likeness thing, the opening of the transfer portal, and all of that. The one thing that th- this does teach us to me is that some guys are, and gals are going to learn that there are repercussions to every decision that you make. Take, for instance, at Arkansas. Arkansas football coach Sam Pittman drew a line in the sand today as uh, it comes to players in the transfer portal. He said at SEC Media Days that if you go into the transfer portal in my program, You're not you coming ain't coming back. back. I am not going to let you come back. And he used a great analogy. He said, if I went to my wife, Jamie, and I said, hey, I want to you know, go into the transfer portal here for our relationship and just kind of figure things out for a little while. You think I could go back to her in two weeks and say, no, I, 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 I'm good. I'm good where I I'm at. I changed my mind. Right. We're, we're all right. fine. I tested the waters, and you know they're not, they're not as warm as I thought they would be, so I want to come back. What do you think her response would be? And he said, she's going to say no. Sam Pittman's an interesting guy. <laughs> but I agree with him. And the, and the fact that all of these athletes, these college athletes, are finding out that the grass ain't always greener on the other side. And lo and behold, you're going to find yourself without a college scholarship at some of these programs, like Arkansas. 1,600 uh, FBS football players went into the transfer portal. Do you know how many are still left and college football season is about to start? Uh, a couple hundred. 1,100 there have only been 500 guys who went into the transfer portal in major college football and have found a new landing spot. There are 1,100 guys still out there and have not found a new school to go to. I'm going to make the sweeping declaration here. Earlier this week, you looked at me just dumbfounded that Mark mm-hmm. Emmert made $3 million a year. Yeah, You're going to figure out in very short order. The NCAA was a necessary evil. Did they always do things the right way? Mm-hmm. Did they prioritize money over whatever, however you want to say that? Absolutely. But you need them. Mm-hmm. And now, as soon as you told me that line that Mark Emmert said, we need to decentralize college football, I went, no, you don't. Please don't do that. That's a horrible <laughs> idea. Because I'm going to be honest with you, mm-hmm. these programs, and, and some people will gristle at this analogy, and that's fine. These programs are like children with a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And they just go where the mood takes them. Where can I make the most money right now? And they're not thinking about the fact that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And let me give you an example. If you look at the SEC as it sits right now, Mm -hmm. they added Missouri, they added Texas A&M just a few years ago. What has been the equal and opposite causation of that? I don't know. What? It basically eradicated Tennessee. Tennessee, that was one of your flagship programs for a long time, Mm -hmm. it basically eradicated them because they haven't been relevant in years. And part of the reason is now you got 14 teams and they can't contend with the level of money that Texas A&M has. If you keep doing this, it's just going to be this endless cycle. 
Because there's a there's a team literally in every conference that I could look at and go, do you really think they're happy with with where they sit right now? Right. Tennessee's one of them in the SEC. Arkansas's one. South Carolina's one. Those are programs with a lot of money. And so just because you're looking elsewhere, and I'm going to tie this into the transfer thing, because the, I feel like the schools are doing this, are about to learn the same thing that these guys in the transfer portal have learned. There's not always a better landing spot for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's better to just leave it the way it is. And you think that's a lesson that we're going to learn I think college football is going to be in chaos for the next 10 years. And eventually some forward-thinking individual is going to go, well, this was dumb. We should not have done this this way. Uh, Somebody should have stepped up and and regulated all of these things because it's been the wild, wild west. Right. And that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. See, I, I I heard somebody talking earlier today about how big does the realignment get? And how weird does it look? Look, I think there's still going to be multiple big-time super conferences. There's also the thought out there that maybe maybe the top schools just come together and say, screw it, let's just have our own conference. And we'll have one giant conference. And it'll be sort of like the NFL. you got 32 teams. They're split up into a north, south, east, and west. you got eight teams per division. And then we just decide who's the champion out of that. Yeah, I don't buy that at all. I don't buy that at all either. But... Anything is possible when you have so many people wanting a bite of the apple. Sports Center's coming up. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Second hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check out our friends at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. Yeah, we got weird news this hour. I have actual proof that the birds are out to get us. Oh, jeez. The bottom of the hour. That's it. No big deal. <laughs> it's actual video evidence. Of, I've been trying to tell of you. Of hashtag birds aren't real? Hashtag birds aren't real. And hashtag birds are out to get you. Mm-hmm. Hey, this you know is what? more than seagulls attacking people on a beach for, for chips, I hope. Uh, yeah, there's no chips involved. There is a seagull involved. Okay. All right. So that's coming up in the, uh, in the weird news. The silent killers in the sky. What? Birds. Silent killers in the sky. Yeah. Um, Also, there's a new dangerous trend going on on TikTok. I'll have the details on that in my weird news story coming up later on in this hour. Um, We've got got NFL to talk about. Apparently, golf's still going on. I just looked up at the TV, and apparently the 3M's going on. I thought golf was over after the... The The FedEx (laughs) is the playoff. (laughs) I know. I'm I'm just teasing. The 3M Open, your boy Ricky Fowler is on top of the leaderboard right now. Yeah, I wonder why he couldn't have done that last week <laughs> when you invested heavily in him in uh, DFS. I might have. For the, uh, for the Open Championship. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the best of Open Championships for you, but there's always Worst next year. Worst one I've ever had, actually. Yeah, there's always next year. 
Don't try to make me fit. Don't patronize we got, me. <laughs> we got rumors going around in the NBA as well that we could get into in this hour, as well as uh, still some some things hanging out there about the uh, name, image, and likeness. But let's take a break from that uh, for the moment. Let's let's talk some football. As you heard in the sports hour, sports center top of the hour update, um, the NFL has sent out a memo to all the teams saying if you got COVID problems this year. They're taking the same stance that Greg Sankey took in the SEC. There's going to be forfeits. If you can't put a roster on the field, we're not postponing any of the games. Oh, I'm starting to come around to your side, Jeremy. Just, just stop testing. Just If they're vaccinated, don't, don't go down that path. Field Yates literally came out today on Twitter. It was one of the most transparent things I think I've seen anybody say on Twitter in a long time. Okay, He said the NFL is basically mandating you get vaccinated without mandating you get vaccinated. I said that three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I, that's, I mean, that's what I said at the whole at the beginning of this thing. Of if the leagues want everybody to be vaccinated, there's an easy way to do that. Tie their paychecks to it. No, nah, you can't do that. Doesn't doesn't work that way. That's as somebody that I own a business with. I really, really gives oh, me can. great anxiety when you say things like that. No, you can't. That's, they've, no, you can. they've already done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not getting into that discussion, so just roll right along. <laughs> wait, wait, no, I, I want to clear this up for my, for, for, for my own understanding. Have they not already said that if you don't get vaccinated and you get COVID that we're not going to pay you? They're not going to pay anybody. That, that's one of the big stories about this, and it's funny to me that they think the players union would go along with that. Yeah, if there's a yeah. if there's a Rona outbreak, you will not if you won't get paid if the game doesn't happen. Right. You can't tell somebody you have to get vaccinated or I won't pay you. That's illegal. Oh, as a matter of fact, it's very illegal. Right. Now, but if you, you can hinge their performance on that, not being able to be on the field. The league's already can, said that. You can call it a loophole at, at best. Mm-hmm. You cannot tell them you must be vaccinated or we will not pay you. Well, no, of course not. That would be illegal. That's you what I correct. said. I know. You are correct about that. But in the roundabout way, yeah. they've pretty much done it. Sure. <laughs> it's like Michael Irvin said. You're going to get vaccinated if you really care about winning. You're just trying to make me. Angry I am. Today. I'm trying to needle you, and it's uh, it's it's working. And yeah, I'm, it, it I'm is. feeling very. <laughs> yeah, we got we, we got we're t minus uh, fifty three minutes, and I am going to need a series of wicked weed beers after this day. Con Mister Spencer, nice. Uh, the NFL also is apparently going to enter into an agreement with Hawkeye to be able to speed up replays. Did you see this story? No, but it's about time. If we've had something that could speed up replay, we haven't been doing it, I'm going to be very angry. Hawkeye is uh, a leader in sports technology, and they have the synchronized multi-angle replay technology, or SMART, if you're good at uh, acronyms, to get control of live video feeds from broadcast partners. All the different angles, they're going to sync them up all at once, and the hope is that they will be able to cut down on the time that the referees spend underneath the hood checking out all of the replays. The Hawkeye smart system is already being used in tennis. They've got a, you know, they use all of their digital capabilities to be able to tell if a ball's inbounds or out of bounds. Yeah, and I don't know how much tennis you watch, but those take about four seconds. Yeah. 
Which, if you're telling me that's what we're getting ready to do, I'm all the way in. That's what let's, the, let's do this. That's what the NFL is doing. They're signing up with Hawkeye, and they're going to be instituting this this year to be able to hopefully cut down on the amount of time that it takes to decide whether or not a guy's knee was down or whether he stepped out of bounds or, or, or what. Do you know what the average time is for a replay review in the NFL? It's two minutes and 26 seconds, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're watching the game and you're in the middle of a, of a drive and you're all hyped up waiting on something, two minutes and 26 seconds is forever. Uh, yeah, the average time in an NBA review or a college basketball review is about 17 and a half minutes, and nobody will convince me it's any shorter <laughs> than that. Exactly. Exactly. So I am all for the NFL doing everything possible to speed up these replays. I've never understood why it takes so long. It should be an easy call. Oh, I've always said there's a much easier way to do this that for some reason they don't do. Okay. And I don't know if it's just they don't want to pay another person. I have no clue. The number one thing that slows down replay is trying to figure out where the ball was spotted. How? That is a problem. I have absolutely no idea. If I had if I had a dollar for every time I've seen a call get overturned and it took another minute and a half for them to figure out where the ball just was. Like did you not write it down somewhere? It's on the interwebs. I can see it. <laughs> just check that. The interwebs. There's a game literally the, the, the one of the things I've never understood. There's a game cast for every game in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It goes out to every AP entity. ESPN on down the line. You can watch games that way. Somehow, there is somebody putting in where the ball is. And there's not a phone that can connect that guy to the replay guy. Mm -hmm. Never understood that. And then they get it wrong like once a week. That's the thing that kills me. How do you you, you have the replay system in place and you sit there for three minutes watching the thing over and over and over again. Usually in my home, I have been able to go... Okay, saw the play four times and go, that's what it should be. And it takes an extra two to three minutes on top of that for them to even decide it. And then, what, 25% of the the time it's wrong. Yeah, the replay thing is, the the replay thing is infuriating. But if if Hawkeye or, or, Iron Man or or any of the other. (laughs) I knew you were going the Avengers route. If they can can figure this out, I'm all the way in. Call Robert Downey Jr. Let him fly around and whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, NFL training camps opened up yesterday, and I have not seen it. Did did you see any great reports from big, you know, know, big, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's... I don't know, shows of guys showing up in weird cars and no, stuff like that. And it's always a, a thing that we track in training camp. Yeah, and I don't care. Antonio Brown used to do that. He would show yeah. up in something different and weird every year. Right. But I've seen no reports of any of anything like that. I thought it would be more, but the, uh, the whole Texas-Oklahoma thing seemed to just grab the news cycle. But I've seen nothing about training camps opening up i'm just ready for them all to be back we're just a few weeks we're just a few (laughs) weeks away i i frankly can't wait for the football season to start 
I'm ready for. I, I honestly, I cannot wait for preseason games. Well, I, mean, I feel like it's been nine years since I've seen a football game. Why? I don't know. I because just... in my brain, last year doesn't count. There were no fans, and it was nonsense. And I don't count it. Okay. Which means you didn't actually get that Super Bowl. So you can stop with the oh, final seven. <laughs> <laughs> now, the championships still count, even if there weren't fans in the stands all year long. But we're not going to have that problem this year. No. And it's going to be insanity around these stadiums. Mm-hmm. Have you looked at ticket prices for any of these games? I have. They are aggressive. The secondary ticket market is aggressive. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to get in on these games. And, yeah, I've I've looked at what would it cost me to go down to Charlotte on, when is it, the it's either the I think it's the day after Christmas. It is for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the and the Carolina Panthers. They're not a cheap. You can't find a ticket that's quote unquote cheap. You're going to pay a hundred and fifty bucks at least for nosebleeds. Yeah. And me personally, I'm okay with that. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Take my money. You can have it. Just give me a ticket. Well, you've already in the building. You've already planted your flag. I mean, you're going to be there opening day at Bank yep. of America Stadium for your Jets coming into town. Yes, to watch that Zach Wilson Rob Salah led Jets team come into Charlotte, go home one and zero. You said zero and one wrong. No, no, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No. I don't want you to pump yourself up too much for this. I mean, the Jets are one of those teams that's got a lot of growing pains this year. Have you noticed I've stayed really quiet about my Jets? Mm -hmm. That's because I've heard a lot of people like you say that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm just going to sit here with a little grin on my face. Realistically, though, you expect them to come in and there's going to be, it's it's going to be a great season. Nate, Nate Burleson of NFL Network. I don't remember what day this was. I don't know what day today is if I was being really, Thursday? Yes, so I guess this was Tuesday. Okay, said the floor for the Jets is ten wins. Now that's a little. Thank I you. think you might have gone a little overboard. Thank you, but I'm not saying ten wins is past the realm of possibility. Like uh, Nate Burleson's been sampling Asheville's finest on that one. I like Nate Burleson, but and the thing really that the like Jets, that but the thing that the floor for the Jets is ten wins is ridiculous, and you know it. Oh well, that's insanity. I, I think mean, your he floor, said the ceiling wrong. Your but. floor is. Two wins. No, it's not. Your ceiling is seven. Well, here's the thing. We play the Atlanta Falcons, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So our floor is at no worse three. Than three. <laughs> okay, excuse me. Maybe I was off by a game. Yeah, you had them at 10 and 7, just so you know. We I already did. went through the process where we picked all the games. You had them at 10 and 7. I did, and I was, that was dumb. Well, here's the thing. We did that that way for a reason. We played that game that way because when you look, mm-hmm. this is what I, I watch people do this every year. They go through and pick games and they get to some middling team will be four and two. They'll go, well, that can't be right. So we got to throw them a loss. And that's not the way this works. There are teams that are going to surprise you. And I think there's going to be a series of them. Okay. Who's the most surprising? Oh, yeah, we've already talked about this. The team that you're the most out to lunch on is the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh yeah, because you think they're like two and seventeen or something. No, two and fifteen. I mean, but I'm not going to be shocked if they end up with six wins. 
There are a few teams you're too high they, on, a few teams you're yeah, too low on. Yeah, I just don't think they're a very good team. And I, don't, I, I just don't trust John Gruden. Of course you don't. No. I, I love you Buccaneer fans. You what? just you crack me up. The guy wins you a Super Bowl. Tommy t- Touchdown shows up, and all of a sudden, all that, oh, yeah. John Gruden, worst thing that ever happened to Tampa Bay. And what happened after your, he won that Super Bowl? I still won you a Super Bowl. Uh-huh. In the first year. That's fine. With somebody else's oh, team. I know, oh, I can't <laughs> stand that argument. What? It's a solid argument. I cannot stand that argument. Well, they won it with somebody else's players. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that guy phoning in plays? Because uh, he couldn't win with those players. <laughs> he Tommy Dutty won zero Super Bowls with mm-hmm. those players. John Gruden won one. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means, as Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach, John Gruden greater than Tony Dungy. Period. Mm, I can't go down that path with you. Well, that's it's fine. Just, as, as you can't. like to say, as I often like to say, there's two yeah. sides of every argument. And if you want to be on the wrong side, that's just fine. <laughs> One of them has a big old piece of jewelry that says I'm right. Right. I don't know, I'm, just, I'm just not in it. There's some teams that I just can't get on board with this year. Your your Jets are one of them. That's fine. I, I mean, I think there's going to be great signs of growth. Yeah, we don't worry. But we, we have no seats on this. this bandwagon for you. But you <laughs> seats are all sold out. I don't need any. I've got my own bandwagon to deal with. I'm kicking people off of my bandwagon. Yeah, your bandwagon's gonna have a flat tire. I, I see it. <laughs> it's because it's being overloaded right now. Yeah. Hope you uh, hope you're good with a jack because you're gonna need it. <laughs> I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. It's ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Jeremy is a guy who, if you listen to this program for any length of time, you know he's all in about the gambling aspect of sports. Yeah, I'm, uh, we're, we're just two days removed from the NBA, and I'm already like, okay, I need football here immediately. He's Jones, and he needs something. Something. But the sports world... And all of these leagues are embracing the gambling aspect like never before. And did you see today the the path has been cleared for Caesars to now have the naming rights to the Superdome? Really? Yeah. It's going to be known from now on as the Caesars Superdome. That thing's been called like 48 different things. Yeah. Uh, Mercedes-Benz was on it for a little bit. Yeah, it was the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and then when Atlanta opened their stadium, it's like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Which one's the mercedes though? I, I don't know which yeah, one Yeah, you got two teams in the same division that call their stadium the same thing. This, <laughs> right. this seems like an oversight by someone. Right, this is not going to work. Uh, but Caesars, they're already an official partner of the NFL, um, and today they have been given approval to move forward with the labeling of the Saints Stadium as the Caesars Superdome. There's no report on how much money is involved in this, but I got a feeling it's going to be a whole boatload. Those naming rights deals, where are they at these days? What's the, what's the, can you remember what the latest one you saw on how big of a number it was? I I can't name one off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm just thinking with it. I mean, this has probably got to be a... It's a lot. At least a $20 million deal. Oh, it's more than that. Per year? I would say so. Okay. I know the one for MetLife was, it's forever. And I remember this because it was my, 
may not be per year. Mm-hmm. The one from MetLife was a ton. Oh my! There's no number on this, but it the the term of the contract has been released. Twenty years. Twenty years. That's what most of them are. Are they? That's why the that's why I said that about the Superdome. Yeah, because it's one of the only ones I can remember that has been renamed three times in ten years. Mm-hmm. The one for MetLife, if I remember correctly, was 150 million dollars for 20 years. That's a lot. And the University of Phoenix was the one that had the biggest deal for the longest time. That may not still be true, but I know it was true at one time. Mm-hmm. Man, that just seems like uh, what what a what a different world we live in today than we did just five years ago. Uh, where every league played like gambling did not exist, and it was the taboo thing that you never even mentioned. I love it. Anything about it in a locker room or in a boardroom or anything related with any team or league. I love it. And now everybody has done it. They're putting books inside their stadiums. Now we're having stadiums named by casinos. What a world we live in. Speaking of. We have an update on a story we mentioned earlier. Oh, do we? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. R. Bowen Lofton, he was the Texas A&M president when they joined the SEC. Okay. He just said that if Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC, it would break a longstanding gentleman's agreement between SEC schools that gives conference members absolute veto power over additional members from their own state. Mm-hmm. I just don't see this happening. <laughs> this is just another one in the column of right. I don't see the Paul Feinbaum knows infinitely more about college football mm-hmm. than I do, mm-hmm. and he says it's a very real possibility. Yeah, he said it's a uh, inevitability. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I disagree with you. Yeah, there's nothing in the contract that says so. That's already been reported, and that's because that was the first place that everybody went with Texas A and M. Was wait a minute when we signed up with the SEC, did we put that in writing that there can't be another team from our state? Well, no. it's not been in writing for anybody. Guess what? It's kept Clemson out for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's kept Florida State out for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So you, you really, I mean, if you're Texas A&M, who, by the way, has more money than just about any program in that conference, right? you'd have to kind of spit in their face, and I don't envision that happening. I love doing quiz games with you, Jeremy. So when I saw this story today, I wanted to see how how close you could get. The Cincinnati Bengals have decided that they are going to have a ring of honor now in their stadium. Most teams do this. They are starting out with a group of four players for their ring of honor. Icky Woods. Can you name them? No, Icky Woods is not one of them. Wrong. That should have been the first one. Uh, <laughs> the, Chad Ochocinco. Wrong. They're already just doing this completely wrong. Uh, you're thinking too recent. Boomer Esiason. Wrong. Ken Anderson. Ken Anderson. He is one. Wow. He is one of the four. Well, I mean, that one doesn't surprise me. Who are going to be in the Ring of Honor? I'm, I'm trying to think. You, you're going further back than that. Anthony Munoz has to be one of them. That's two. I was about to say, if he's not one, you're, then this is, this is invalid and we shouldn't talk about it. Any <laughs> right. Further. You're missing two other guys who are going to be in the Ring of Honor Paul Brown. Paul Brown is three. I want to see if you could even get close to this one. Marvin Lewis. Not Marvin Lewis. No, I don't know the last one. Uh, it is uh, cornerback Kenny Riley. 
Nope, I would not, no, I would not have never would have gone down that path, not in a million years. Uh, they are going to be re- unveiling their Ring of Honor coming up uh, September the 30th and their home game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. One there of the few you that they can win this that, year. Uh, that's the way. That's how you do a Ring of Honor, folks. You plan it for a game that you know you have a real shot to win. That's the old homecoming game rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You always can tell all- how good a team thinks they'll <laughs> be by who they scheduled homecoming. Yeah, we, all, way, we always used to drive when I was at Irwin. We always used to try to put homecoming on the Inca game because <laughs> we knew that was the one team that we had a chance to beat year in and year out. You definitely didn't want to schedule homecoming on the Reynolds night or Robertson, yeah, Asheville High. That's one of those. I, 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 Actually, I'm not Asheville, Asheville High was always our uh, kiss the season goodbye game. It was always the last game of the season, and I think the average score of that game was about 56-3 to three over a 20-year period. Yeah, I always, I can't remember. There was a college football analyst that used to say that. He would go through and figure out this, the, the records that he had for every team in college football. And then he would verify who their homecoming game was against because he said that told him everything he needed to know about how that team felt about themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you scheduled a good one, you thought you were going to be pretty good that year. Okay, I can, I can see where you're going with that. On the weird scale, there's Vegas. There's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, we know uh, you know the the trends that happen in the social media world. They don't ever make sense. And there's a new one going around. They're calling this a hack. This is not one of those like social media challenges where kids are eating Tide Pods or whatever. Don't do those things, ever. (laughs) Or what was it? The cinnamon challenge was one of those. I've done that one. I'll tell you from experience, don't do that one either. Oh, you did? Yeah, if anybody ever says, hey, I bet you can't eat a spoonful of salt, don't do that one either. (laughs) You want to know why I hate salt? It comes from that. Oh, really? Salt doesn't melt. It's awful. That's the... That's the worst thing I ever did in my life. Don't ever do that. Uh, There is a new trend going around on TikTok. You know, everybody's all in on these life hacks where you can, you know, I don't know, you can hang up your clothes with a toilet paper roll or just dumb things. Like You never would have thought to do this. No, I thought about doing it the normal way everybody else does it. I don't need to know how to, you know, make a vacuum sealer out of a straw and a paper bag. Not interested. Now this one is how to unclog your sinuses. And it's to take full cloves of garlic, peeled, and shove them up your nose. I don't feel like that's a good idea. You should never shove things into your nose. Didn't we all learn this in preschool? Did you ever have your parent or a teacher tell you, hey, it's probably not a good idea to put those marbles up your nose? Well, this is essentially what people are doing now. And not only is are, are you running a risk by doing this, and I'm throwing this out there. I don't think any of our listeners will do this. Our, our listeners are much smarter than this. But your kids might be this dumb. So <laughs> you, you need to tell them, don't try to shove cloves garlic up your nose. Not only do you risk the... You know, risk the possibility of getting it lodged in there. So you have to go to the ER to get it taken out. But there's also um, a doctor who says if you do this enough times, the oils and the chemicals in the garlic, they're they're going to cause 
serious irritation problems to your skin. And you don't want that inside your nose. It could cause dermatitis from the oils and the chemicals. So do not shove garlic cloves up your nose. I can't believe we're having to make this statement. I, I've never in my life felt the urge to go, let me Google life hacks. Yeah. Well, because of your stupid story you just told, I, I did this. <laughs> yeah. One of them is a zip tie phone stand. Just buy a phone stand. They get right. their two dollars. You get a pop socket for five dollars. <laughs> Why would you wrap your phone in a zip tie? There's no another one that's a slow puppy feeder. Mm-hmm. If your dog eats food too fast, you put its food in a PVC pipe and drill holes in it. That's inhumane, to say the least. <laughs> so the dog has to, like, lick at the holes to get the food to yeah, fall out? Yeah, it's got to go through this Rubik's Cube to get its food. Just feed the dog. <laughs> well, it's not good for their tummies if they eat too much they at one feed time. it a little bit at a time. Yeah, see, that's that's the point. You should only give them a little bit of a, at Stash a time. Stash your cash in a chapstick container. Mm-hmm. They're stupid. <sighs> some, of them are, some of them are cool. Some life hacks I have seen have been like, oh, well, I mean, I guess if I'm in a bind, I could do that. But most of the time, it's like, why would you even try to do that? Clean up paint and carpet. Why? Who has these problems? <laughs> I feel like I'm watching a scrolling infomercial. You know what I'm talking about. These Those infomercials for products, problems that no one ever had. Right. Are you tired of trying to get blood out of your shirts? Who has this problem? <laughs> Are you tired of walking down the hall and just falling down randomly? Right. Get this kickstand that just walks alongside you. Billy Mays represented all of them. My favorites are the one where they always over-exaggerate when you're trying to do something. Like, you're tired of spilling your food, and it's always some guy just, like, shaking a bowl real vigorously. Like, who does that? I always love the one that's like, are you tired of making a mess in your microwave? And somebody puts pasta sauce in there and eats it for 19 minutes. (laughs) Until it explodes. who thought that would be a problem? And the Tupperware container uh, melts. Speaking of problems, uh, I've been telling you of one for quite some time. Hashtag birds aren't real. Yeah, yeah. Over the weekend at Maury's Pier in Wildwood, New Jersey, an unfortunate 13-year-old girl learned that hashtag birds aren't real. I'm sharing this on my Twitter right now, at JGreenESPN. Okay. A video filmed aboard an amusement park ride on the Jersey Shore captured the moment a 13-year-old girl collided with a seagull. First of all, this makes me never want to ride another, and I love roller coasters. Uh huh. But watching this video, I went, nope, can't do that anymore. So she's on this ride, and somehow the picture, you, you know how you're on a roller coaster and they have that little thing that takes a picture, and they come up and go, hey, you buy this picture for $411. Mm-hmm. And it was that thing. There's a seagull that is wrapped around her neck <laughs> like a scarf, <laughs> and her face is one of just pure, unadulterated horror, yeah. as it would be for mine. Uh huh. Well, they talked to the girl. Her name's Kylie Holman. After the the video came out, because it got posted on YouTube, because apparently there's videos, or there is a video as well. She said, yeah, the bird hit me. I was able to catch it, throw it back into the air, and it flew off uninjured. Of all the problems I have with that, 
I have to give this 13-year-old credit that the number one thing you were worried about was the bird being injured. Yeah. Because I would worry about the fact that I had urinated in my pants <laughs> in public, and I'm pretty sure people are going to see it. Do you not remember when this happened to Fabio at Disneyland? Do you know, Fa- I, you know hold, who Fabio hold on, hold is, on. right? I feel like this might be one of those uh, blind spots I have. Yeah. Fabio's a real person? I always thought that was just a term for, like, really pretty people. <laughs> There's really a person named Fabio? Yes. You're lying. Fabio me. was the big muscular dude with long blonde hair. He was, like, the model for, like, Danielle Steele novels oh, for I years. Did, yeah, I, did, I know who that guy is. Yeah, do you not remember when he went to Disneyland and got hit by the bird on the on the ride? No. Uh, not at all. If I had, I would already be mortified. <laughs> he went down, you know, it, it's like the it, it takes a deep dive and he a bird hit him right in the nose. There are pictures all over the place. Just just type in Fabio bird and I'll guarantee you to pull up pictures on your screen of him just bleeding profusely from his nose. Yeah, I remember this. This was the guy that did the commercials for uh, uh, I can't believe it's not butter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah, man, he has he has aged like real butter that was left outside in the heat. Worse than Sean Kemp. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Kemp showed up for the you know Seattle what? Kraken thing last night, and uh, yikes! Get the man a shirt that fits. Yeah, he's one of the most legendary athletes in the history of your city, and you gave him a large. He's six nine and a bunch. I don't even want. I don't even want to guess at what that weight number is, but it's a boatload look his 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 body his body image portrays more as along the lines of jeremy green now than it does yeah. a nba superstar yeah and sean, he was sean me- not <laughs> and to... he was wearing a smedium get the man a shirt that fits <laughs> and the bad thing is gary payton who was standing right beside him was looking at him the whole time going bro like this is not good did gary this payton did gary payton also wear a seattle kraken t-shirt yeah and his fit did it oh yeah i was, was wondering if it like hung off of him and they switched shirts and didn't know it no <laughs> no his fit his fit pretty well uh sean gibbs yeah. apparently somebody in the media par- department looked at a picture of him from oh i don't know let's go 1995 <laughs> So yeah, there's no way he could wear I, more than a more than an XL. What I would have loved is to see the guy that had that shirt in his hand and saw Sean Kemp show up. Like, oh, we're past the point of no return here. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, uh, you sure we can't just take a sharpie and write Seattle Kraken on his shirt? Because this is not going to look right at all. It did. It looked. Like, it looked like me trying to fit into one of those shirts I catch at a ball game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is a free shirt, so I got to wear it. Yeah. It, it was not a good look. As a matter of fact, I'm going to share a picture of that on my Twitter, at Jay Greeny. So you're saying Fabio looks a little doughy now, too? No, it's not so much doughy. It's just you could you age has caught up to him, as it does all of us. Well, yeah. I mean, as you like to say about my quarterback all the time, father time is undefeated. Yeah. For, and you can only, I'm just looking at this picture of Sean Kemp again like, oh, this is going to live forever. You can only keep that chiseled physique for so long. And Fabio is 62 years old. You shouldn't expect him to look like old Fabio anymore. I mean, it even got, you know, it got to the point there in, in his career and most of his wrestling career, I think, where Ric Flair no longer looked like a, 
you know, the chiseled ladies man he ever was. Oh, there was yeah. a lot of floppiness going on in the last 30 years of that dude's career. He was still the nature boy. He was, and he was he was phenomenal. All I'm saying is there's only so many times you can tell that uh, Space Mountain story and us continue to believe it. I can't believe you sent me down this path of life hacks. I can't believe you haven't heard of this before. You could light a candle with a piece of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> what? Or you could light it with a lighter. With a lighter, yeah, like exactly. This person is setting their phone charger on fire. I have to get away <laughs> yeah, from this. please. We still have a radio show to go. we got about 20 minutes, and then you can look up all the life hacks you want after that. How to safely sweep up glass with a dustpan and a broom? Hey, you want more proof that LeBron James is the GOAT? There's a story today that he became the first active NBA player to surpass a billion dollars in career earnings. That's a lot. I'm telling you, the guy is building an empire like we've never seen before. You think Michael Jordan was successful? Just wait and see what the next chapter has for LeBron James after his playing career is done. The sky is the limit for him. Well, you know what he needs to stop doing? What's that? Movies. Yeah, Space Jam yeah. was bad. Did, did you it watch was bad. it? Yeah, it was bad. Oh, we bad. haven't talked. Oh, bad, we, bad, we've been bad. together all day. You've done nothing but irritate me. And how have we not talked about the fact you watched Space Jam? <laughs> I did. Uh, we sat down and watched it over the weekend, and I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. Now, every re- every review that I read on this show last week accurate, accurate, completely accurate. It was a two and a half hour. That's the first thing. Is two and a half hours long. That that movie could have been an hour. And you'd have got the gist of it. I'm going to be really honest with you. No movie should be more than an hour and like 25 minutes. <laughs> Unless it contains Batman or Braveheart. Uh-huh. That's it. Braveheart. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump was a really good long See, movie. I never remember that that movie was that long. Yeah, it was. And I've watched it a boatload of times. Yeah, it was like a three-hour movie. There are some movies that that fits with. Space Jam wasn't one of them. And it was just a two and a half hour rolling billboard of just the latest things that Nike has going and the latest things that every, you know, WB, Warner Brothers, they put every character they've ever had in there. My kids freaked out because in the basketball scene, it goes sweeping by the crowd and and the, and the clown from it, Pennywise, the new one is standing there. Yeah, because they, it's, it's dumb. I'm telling you, the whole premise for the movie is is dumber than the last one. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I, I'm, I'm going to need you to walk me through this slowly. They made a movie mm-hmm. for children, mm-hmm. and they put the most horrifying thing I have ever seen in a movie in mm-hmm. it. Not only that, but, and you probably won't get this reference because you never saw the movie. Uh, they they had the the guys from A Clockwork Orange in there. You don't know what a clockwork orange is. I know is, what it is, but I've never seen it. It's horrifying. And it's a movie about a bunch of guys who break into a house and do some nasty things to people. It's one of the weirdest movies ever. Some people herald it as one of the best movies of all time. I saw it and went, that's just a two-hour gross fest. They had those guys were in it. It's a, it's a thing where they like get sucked inside of a computer and Don Cheadle plays like a computer program that is trying to delete the Looney Tunes for some reason. And, yeah, and they have the basketball scene where they bring everybody in for the game. 
and so they start beaming in all of these characters to be to witness the game. And it's every character that's ever existed for Warner Brothers. I mean, King Kong shows up and Godzilla and Pennywise and the dudes from A Clockwork Orange. And it's all the bad guys, basically. And then they start beaming in actual people who see it on their feeds. They get sucked into their phone. And the idea is that they're going to be trapped there forever if LeBron James doesn't win this game with the Toon Squad going up against Clay Thompson and Anthony Davis as weird creatures i mean <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous at every level i and, still and when, maintain one of the things that we need to we're do going to i'm working is on it you explain movies to me poorly mm-hmm. and i try to guess what they are mm-hmm. and they need to be like really high-end movies okay because i haven't seen any of them yeah we will definitely do that at some point the rotten movie plots i think is what we're going to call it I'm, a play I'm on a play on the Rotten Tomatoes thing, but yeah, every article, every uh, review that I read of Space Jam when I saw it, I went, yeah, they they're all right, they're all accurate. And I always think critics are too hard on movies, but this was legitimately one of the worst movies I've ever seen. LeBron, did your J- children like it? Yeah, oh yeah, they loved it. I mean, they were a little freaked out by the Pennywise thing. As well, they should. Because <laughs> they have been deathly afraid of that anyway. I'm deathly like afraid of ne- clowns. Like, so. they've never even seen the movie, but they've seen enough, like, trailers and stuff on their YouTube channels or whatever that they're freaked out by Pennywise. And as soon as they saw him on screen, they both looked at me and went, I don't like this movie anymore. I understand. It's ridiculous. The only thing I, I do the Pennywise voice, it freaks my wife out, which makes me laugh. But <laughs> the movie terrifies. Georgie, want you boat? <laughs> Three hundred thirty million dollars in NBA salary is what LeBron James has earned over his career. Seven hundred million dollars in merchandising. The first NBA player to go over a billion dollars in earnings while he's playing. And he's probably going to hit the $2 billion mark, honestly, by the time he's done. Because I don't expect him to hang it up anytime soon. I bet he's still got four years left. I would say so. Yeah. He'll, be, he'll still be hanging around. I, I still think he probably has a dream of playing, at least, if not with, against Bronny when he comes into the NBA. That's, I mean, that's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. He'll retire his rookie year. I mean, according to reports, he's uh, trying to recruit uh, Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul is, to come play with him. Which is great. Chris Paul, I understand. No, I don't, don't understand money. why you would want Russell Westbrook to play with you. I, I, I Beats me. Right. Takes what LeBron does best away, right. and I don't understand that. Right. LeBron's the ball-dominant player. Why would you want another ball-dominant player on that team? I have... Absolutely no idea. Chris Paul would be a little different scenario because I think he'd be willing to share the load. You know, well, he would be deferential, he, right? And he would, right? He would still let LeBron run the offense for the most part. Russell Westbrook ain't gonna do that. No, he's not gonna be happy doing. Russell that. Westbrook is the original card carrying captain. The team gets money. I still think it's crazy that Chris Paul is going to get forty four million dollars to play for somebody next. Yeah, it's year. It's going to be the Suns. There's it better no be. doubt who it is. It's going to be the Suns. It better be. I mean, we came within two games of winning an NBA championship. I don't care what I got to spend to keep this crew together. Yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah, they did. Because yeah, that ended. Uh, how'd that end? 
Bucks and six. Bucks and six. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green here with you over the next uh, four and a half minutes until uh, <laughs> until we get out of here for the day. And then tomorrow, it's it's Friday. It's Friday, and, and it's it's concert day. It's concert day. I cannot wait. This is the one show that I have been banking on since the start of the 2021 Silverado's Outdoor Concert Series. It's the Summerland Tour featuring Everclear, Living Color, Hoobastank, and Wheatus. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got some free tickets to that show that we'll be giving away later today. So if you're interested in going to that show, check us out on Facebook. Uh, you'll see the the contest is up on our page. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and pin it to the top right now as I say that. So it'll be the first go. thing that you see on our Facebook page. Uh, on the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green Facebook page as well sh- as the Sportsocracy. I'm gonna, so it'll be pinned to the top of the Sportsocracy. I'm going to share it from the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green Facebook page as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, it pays to be a follower of the Sportsocracy because uh, we will have... Tickets to every, every show, show coming up for the rest of the 2021 Outdoor Concert Series. Yeah, like we, bro- said, we brokered that deal a little late to give them away on this show. We had to do it on the the, the social media. Uh, but we will be giving tickets away to every show for the Summer Concert Series on this show. Moving forward starting next week. Yep. Uh, Everclear, of course, is the show coming up tomorrow at Silverado's. You can get your tickets at silverado'swnc.com. Uh, also through eTix as well. You can find it there, the Summerland Tour. Again, featuring Everclear, Living Color, Hoobastank, and Wheatus tomorrow night at Silverado's on the Outdoor Concert Series stage. It is the best outdoor stage in the area, in my humble opinion. It's uh, definitely be- the best new outdoor venue in town. Go check them out, silverados.wnc.com. Next week, it's Caleb Johnson, the Irwin grad who won American Idol. Caleb Johnson's going to be on the stage, and so that's going to be a great show as well. And, again, we'll have your chance to win tickets for that. Um, Mikey Williams. Mikey Williams is uh, doing something that nobody else has done before. He is a high school sophomore, is that right? Or a rising junior. Mm-hmm. He's a rising junior, and he plays in North Carolina. No, he's a, soft, he's a rising oh, he's, sophomore. Oh, he's a rising sophomore. Yeah, he won't okay. be eligible for the – well, no, you had that right the first. Rising junior. Yes. Two years in high school, one year out. Yeah, he's a rising junior. Junior, okay, yes. Rising junior, he played at uh, Lake Norman Christian School last year in Huntersville. Uh, he is not, He's still going to be going to Lake Norman Christian this year, but he's not going to be playing with that team. He's playing with a team called the Vertical Academy. It's, a, it's, a, it, it's, it's another one of these new, I guess, for-profit, what do you call you know being able to where the guys on the team in high school they could still make money off of their name image and likeness he has just signed a multi-year deal with excel sports management that is set to make him there's no actual figure put on this but it is being said that it's going to pay him millions over the next few years mikey williams uh, he's going to be eligible for the NBA draft in 2024. I guess we know from this he's not going to be in the NCAA. Or how are they going to do that? See, I have see no with money idea. coming into the into the high school programs now, this is insane to me. And we, you know, we should have seen it coming. Uh, somebody did. Yeah, I know somebody that did. <laughs> Ooh, pick me. 
I didn't think there would be that much money involved for high school kids. But apparently, when you have as many followers as Mikey Williams does, he's got 5 million followers across his platforms on Mm -hmm. social media. And with this company, they are going to pay him millions of dollars to pub their products on his social media accounts. There are people that think he is the best high school basketball player in America right now. Mm -hmm. They're saying he's as uh, can't-miss high school prospect as Zion was when he was at Spartanburg Day. I don't know if that's true or not, but he is the number seven overall prospect in the class of 2023. He's going to be making millions of dollars while he's still in high school. That's become a big question is what are states going to do about this? Are state organizations like the NCHSAA going to be allowing kids to earn money off of their name, image, and likeness and still go to public high schools? I doubt it. I don't because I don't know how you can stop it. That was another fun mm-hmm. little unfurling of this. Is that if it's if it's illegal for colleges to do it, it's going to be illegal for high schools to do it as well. You would think so. You definitely would think so. Uh, and that's to say, if the NCHSAA even exists uh, as we know it, there's a bill going around the North Carolina State Senate right now. It's already passed two committees. It got bumped through another committee today that would disband the NCHSAA and put another. Another bureaucratic board ahead of uh, of high school sports. Uh, we'll let you know what happens with that. Anyhow, have a great afternoon, everybody. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. We'll see you tomorrow.